Hey, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. You know, Trent, sometimes I just want to go, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. But uh, anyway, we might have to cut that out. But we're, we're glad to have you here uh, with us today. It's summertime. If you have a little fun in the summer, what are you going to do with yourself? So, so Trent, we're going to have some fun today talking about our words and, and how we use them. Sometimes we use them. It's a silly thing. Yeah, well, that's true. You're right, Alan. And and it's funny because Alan and I have been talking a lot in the last several days and we've laughed more. I've heard Alan laugh more in the last few days than I have in a long time. So you're right. Summertime brings out the silly in us and and uh, it's, it's all good. So, But yeah, today we're going to talk about um, biting our tongue. And um, I think there are times when Man, it's a struggle for me, Alan, to bite my tongue, to not say the things. I think, thankfully, hopefully, it's the Holy Spirit is a filter over my mouth sometimes because the, what comes through my mind is not uplifting, <laughs> at least. Well, fortunately, I've always used my words well, and uh, you know, Trent, you're going to have to lead us through this one because I've never made. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. I think sarcasm's in here somewhere, but um. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Trent, you know, when you bite your tongue, have you ever like eating, eating a meal or had some gum in your mouth and you bite your tongue and how it may, just makes your eyes water and that, that sting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love the phrase of when we're trying not to say something of biting your tongue, because it does sometimes there's that little sting of, Oh, I really want to say that. I really want to do that. And yeah, oh, it, it almost hurts not saying it until you're done with that pain. And then you're like, glad I didn't. Well, and a lot of times I know that when I've done that a bit in my tongue, it, it la- it's sore for, for a while, you know. And, and so there are times, you know, when we don't bite our tongues that we can mess things up for a long time. And um, especially as we're talking to, um, to pastors that uh, are – you know, dealing with folks and sometimes they get on each other's, get on our nerves and we want to tell them off, but we can really mess things up for a long time. Yes, we can. So, you know, the Bible talks to us about our tongue. In First Peter, it remind, reminds us that we are to keep our tongue from evil and our, our lips from deceptive speech. In Ephesians, we're told not to let unwholesome talk come come from our mouths but only what is helpful for building up others and i really love love those passages that that talk about build building others up because that's really the heart of what we do is building others up and building people towards christ and we lose sight of that um sometimes trent so you know i know that both of us can relate stories where we've messed up so i'll share one of mine um, I had not been at my church very long, and one of our older persons, a highly respected person in our church, came to me. Um, we're trying to get ready for communion. Um, the worship team is going through their practice, and she comes right up into my ear and starts griping about the music. And mm. I popped off. Oh, and I did damage that to this day, almost 14 years later, that I'm still trying to recover from. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's bad, and I've done the same thing, Alan. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. You're probably hearing sounds in the background because I 
realized that I hadn't turned my um, strip on to turn on my computer battery so it's charging and all of a sudden then the the printer goes off and it's just nuts and so god doesn't god wants us to talk about this but satan doesn't want us to talk about <laughs> it because man we have messed up a lot of times and and alan i've been in those positions i have said things i've i've had athlete's tongue i've stuck my foot in my mouth so many times and, and we don't want you to do that um so we're going to talk about today some ways, to, things to keep in mind, why you should hold your tongue and when you shouldn't hold your tongue. Yeah, you know, I think there's six times that we really need to hold our tongues. There's probably more. And you know what? If you've got some more ideas, uh, put those in the comments because I think we could talk about more. But these are six that, that I think Trent and I can, can relate to um, in different ways. And so we want to talk about the, some of these six things. And then we want to talk about a positive way to use our tongue and maybe a way that we've not been good at using our tongues, um, in recent history. And so we want to um, kind of catch both sides of it, but let's begin with this one. And this one that is a frustration to me because I hear way too many people in ministry starting to get kind of loose here, but that's with profanity and coarse language. Uh, Trent, you know, what are your thoughts there? Well, Alan, I grew up on a, a farm and a feedlot. And so I was riding pins with cowboys all the time. And so I learned probably way more foul language than most people did. And then I worked in, um, you know, for Texas Utilities. I was out working with guys and crews all the time. And I learned all those bad things. And, uh, it sometimes it wants to creep back out my mouth because I've, you know, it's still in your head and uh, it, you know, but profanity and coarse language. One thing somebody told me a long time ago is that when you're using profanity, you're showing your lack of vocabulary, showing your lack of intelligence actually. Um, and so especially, especially as pastors, we want to not uh, be using that, you know, there's lots of good good words that we can use, and we can encourage people with our tongue instead of profanity, just making them, you know, making them feel bad or cutting them down. Yeah, I prefer googly moogly, but <laughs> great googly moogly. <laughs> but, but but one of the things, and I, I think this is a problem. Um, too many pastors, when we're hanging out with other pastors these days, feel this sense of freedom to start um, just using language that you probably wouldn't use in the pulpit. And I just want to encourage pastors. We need to be better than that. We, we really do need to develop the habit of choosing our words wisely, even when our church isn't looking. You know, mm -hmm. I think we need to be mindful of the words that we're using and remember that we're creating habits and, and they do come out. I will, I will never forget. I was playing, playing ball. Um, the first time I ever said a really bad word, I popped up a, a, a ball. I mean, I just hit a ball playing baseball, popped a ball up and out came a word and everyone watching just stopped and looked at me because they'd never heard me say that before. And I was humiliated. Um, I, I know, I know that it, it just wasn't in my character and we should have our character. Our character should stand for more than that. And so we just want to encourage pastors to try to, um, if you've gotten into a bad habit, eliminate it and it will speak better of you. It's not building people up. So 
profanity in course language is one of them. Where else do we go, Trent? Well, the next one that we have on our list is speaking in anger. And I think that this this tends to lead to the one we just talked about in profanity and course language. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we're all going to get angry at some point. And, you know, you were talking about the lady that came up and was talking, griping about the music. And I, I have had those types of people in my church that just rub you the wrong way, you know. Um, and you, you get angry, especially if they come right before you're getting ready to preach, you know, and or right before the service, and it's just frustrating. Uh, but this is a what what Alan said about our character is really true. This is a especially when you're under pressure, is when that character is going to be tested. When your anger is when that character is going to be tested, and so. Speaking in anger is is a time when you're angry, you've got to hold your tongue. Um, think about, that's the problem is we don't think about, it just kind of spews out of our mouth. Yes, and it, it is hard. I mean, the Bible tells us, you know, be be slow to, slow to speak and, you know, mm -hmm. slow to get angry. They go hand in hand. You know, if we would learn to pause before we think. And one of the things that's helped me with that trend a little bit is just the idea, too, when I hear an idea or someone's sharing something that I might even love, um, be slower to speak to that. So if you can create create a a way of, of slowing things down in your mind, because I'm always thinking, there's always some idea rattling around. And sometimes maybe they shouldn't be shared anyway, but, but if we can learn to have a pause button in our minds, and we develop that not just when we're angry, we actually develop it when we're happy. And mm -hmm. so learning, learning to be slower um, to speak in those moments is, is truly important. Now, the next point, Alan, is one that you mentioned earlier <laughs> that you're good at. <laughs> and I, I'm just not it's my smart. <laughs> yeah, um, sarcasm and, and untimely sarcasm, I guess, is the, the, what we have on our list. And so, Alan, when you think of that, since you are gifted in this. <laughs> you know, the the Bible uses sarcasm. I've heard people, I've heard communicators say, you just can't use sarcasm. Don't use sarcasm. And it's probably because they use it really badly. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there are times I use it and I can lighten up a room with it. I can, I can use it really well at times, especially if it's, if it's pointed back at yourself. Um, yeah. You know, and that can be highly beneficial and, and disarming to people. Um, but when we're using sarcasm in a mean-spirited way, um, and it's easy to do that, and it's easy to get into a habit of using sarcasm when you're frustrated. And the truth for sarcasm is you can't use it when you're frustrated. You can't use it when you're angry. You can't use it when you're discouraged or disappointed. Um you actually need to use it in those more lighthearted moments. Um, and then recognize that even sometimes then it may go sideways. I mean, it is always a risk and you should use it sparingly and especially in public speaking. That's true. It's, we have it as listed as untimely. So there is such a thing as timely sarcasm, you know, to using it. Yeah. You know, what, what Alan said in, in a small amount at just the right time. And that's, that's a skill that you develop as a speaker, um, as a pastor, 
when you're um, around groups and you're speaking to groups, it's, it's an important skill that you've got to constantly be working on, sharpening that, that tool as you would. And so, yeah, sarcasm is a big deal. The next one there, Alan, is really important in our day and time right now is um, insensitivity. Um, right now, um, as we record this, it is the 100th anniversary of the race riots in Tulsa. Um, and it there's a whole lot of uh, frustration and anger in among races. There's also all kinds of Asian um, hate crimes going on. And then you also have the uh, LGBTQ um, Pride Month going on. All this is going on. And, you know, I, I don't approve of the LGBTQ um, stance and lifestyle, but I also need to be sensitive when I'm speaking to all these groups that I need to be able to listen. I need to be able to listen so that I can share the love of Jesus. And if I'm insensitive, I never get the opportunity to share about Jesus, who is love to these people. You know, we've we've made some some really bad mistakes with our word choices and in, in our actions towards people. And we do need to be really careful about how we use our words. Um, you know, I was watching. uh had the TV on for a few moments this morning and a commercial came up and I was, my first, my first thoughts were how, how dare this commercial, you know? And then, I, then, you know, it's just like God's spirit was saying, do you love lost people? Do mm -hmm. you, do you love lost people? Why, why, why are you mad? You know, um, be sensitive. These are, mm -hmm. uh, these are people represented here and that I need to, be more mindful and I need to be, be sensitive um, towards people that God loves and God so loved the world, which means that's a pretty, pretty broad group of people I'm supposed to love. That's right. Yeah. And that's our calling as ministers for the gospel of Jesus Christ is to love people, to love those people who need to experience love for the very first time, real love, not love that uses them. And so being sensitive to, you know, their story, and that means being able to listen to them and putting aside our anger long enough to actually listen to them and to let them feel that they are heard. Yeah. So Trent, as similarly is when we get in the habit of tearing other people down, you know, I know one area is our spouses. We should never be tearing down our spouse. We've mm -hmm. talked about that one before, but um, I know as pastors, we sometimes too find ourselves in gripe sessions about about people mm -hmm. you're right alan it's easy when because those people that that can push our buttons uh, maybe it's somebody in your church um, somebody that you have to deal with on a weekly basis or daily basis um, and it, it's like okay i can get back at them i can get the upper hand by tearing them down and that's it it's going to come back to bite you in the butt sometime you know, and it's okay to talk to someone, you know, if, if you're a pastor and you're ha dealing with a difficult church member, it's okay to seek advice and talk about the situation, but don't tear the person down. Don't spend your time to spend your time figuring out what your response is to this. And, and that will be helpful because when you get focused in on who they are and what they're doing, it, it, 
it just tends to go sideways. So put the focus in on your response and how you're going to deal with it. And sometimes it does require a strong response. If you're in a situation, you have a toxic bully um, in your church, it, it's not going to be a pretty ending. And we certainly understand that. But make it your goal as much as possible um, to not tear the person down, but to tear the actions of the person down. And that's that's a kind of a delicate balance and, and a hard one to paint and we could try to explain that in, in an episode and that's a hard one to do. It's just hard. You yeah. have to kind of feel your way through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, Alan. And it's, you know, we're told to, to hate the sin, not the sinner. And boy, that is so hard to do to separate the, because actions make up people. And that's, that's all we know. You know, we, we make judgments about people all the time, but ultimately God loved us. He didn't love our sin, our choices, but he still loves us. And so we're supposed to follow that example. And uh, tearing down others is, is something that we need to be careful of because we don't want to lose the opportunity sometime in the future to speak life into their, their lives, into their story, and see them be changed by God. There's one more, Trent. All right. Yeah, the last one is gossip. <laughs> we don't ever do that, do we, yeah, Alan? No, no. Did you hear what so-and-so said about that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This, is, this is a struggle, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I always like to say, you know, it's, it's, it's really not my struggle, but it is. It's always been my struggle, uh, just like it's every church member's struggle. I think that's one of the reasons the Bible always includes it in every list of things that's going on because everyone can relate to the, the struggle against not being a gossip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Bible calls it a tasty morsel, mm, like the last best bite, you know. And so it and we love because it feels like it, it gives us the opportunity to control someone else and and. Uh, it's not a good and godly thing. It's certainly not the way to show the love of Jesus to someone. And so, yeah, gossip is is going to it's going to tear up your relationships, and it'll come back to that other person you gossiped about that hey you you were talking about them. Yeah, you know, I was asked the other day. You know, there was a situation, and hey, Alan, do you want to know who did this? And I thought, yeah, I do. And <laughs> then I thought, why do I want to know? Yeah. And then I said, "No, I think I'll I think I'll go on in ignorant bliss over this. I don't need to know. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll let you know what you know, but we're not going to share that with anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I think there are times that's important. We need to we need to remember that sometimes shutting the conversation down is the best thing that we can do, and it's not easy." But that's what leaders do. Leaders make those tough decisions. And if we're going to lead, we need to learn to shut down gossip. You know, mm -hmm. and we need to learn to shut down the the prayer meeting gossip, too, where we spiritualize our gossip. Yeah. You know, we, we just need to learn to shut that stuff down. And it's not, again, it's not easy. And sometimes we fall victim into it ourselves. But when we recognize it, we need to call it out and deal with it. I mean, bite our tongues. It is not, it is not a healthy way um, to use our words. Right. So what we just got through sharing with you again are six times that we should hold our tongues or bite our tongues. And that is profanity, coarse language, 
um, speaking in anger, uh, untimely sarcasm, insensitivity, tearing down other people, and then gossip. And so those are times we should hold our tongue or bite our tongue, Alan. So what what do we do? What's the uh, opposite side of that? Well, uh, we need to use our words when we're protecting someone. And we need to know who we're protecting, and we need to protect the right people, right? Um, yes. You know, we're, our churches have, have been pointed out for not dealing with, for instance, sex abuse scandals. Mm. And that is a time we need to speak out. Um, we need to speak out in regards to race issues in our culture. And we do not need to be silent in those issues. We should speak out when we're protecting people against the ramifications of sin and lostness by proclaiming the gospel. And so mm -hmm. protecting people is the first place that I think we need to look at speaking out more boldly. You're right, Alan. And ultimately, we want to be able to speak out to be able to show the love of Jesus. And, and so um, we need to be bold about that. We don't need to be ashamed that that Jesus, that we belong to Jesus. And so um, I think that's really important. And one of the things that um, that you had put in our note, Alan, I think is really important is that unity is a huge valuable commodity in our churches. And uh, so we should, we want to speak out when it protects the unity of our church. And that may mean that we don't say the things that we want to say, um, but we also can say, speak out to protect somebody who may be um, being judged in our church. So that's important. Yes, it is. We need to we need to speak out at times for for truth and for for righteousness and for justice for for all those things. It is important um, to speak to speak to that. And you mentioned unity, Trent. You know, I was reading in, in just First Corinthians and. The first part of First Corinthians deals so much uh, with unity in the in the church, and Paul is so passionate about unity. And I think one of his underlying frustrations was is that he was being used along with Apollos. They were being used, and they didn't want to be used as a source of disunity. And the church was using them um, to bring to to cause discourse. And he's like. We didn't ask you for this. We 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 didn't want you in this situation. You kind of you've kind of made this one up on your own and stop it. You know, and mm -hmm. I think it's important for for it, at times someone um, to speak up and say stop it. You know, so many so many churches would be so much better too when when a divisive spirit is told by someone else in the in the church just stop it. Just stop it. If you if you're listening to this and you're a layperson and you know in your church there's someone who's an antagonist, someone who's always causing disunity, one of the best things you can do is just say that's enough disunity. We're here for unity, and and that can change the nature uh, of a church so quickly and so beautifully um, when there's a unifying spirit. And we believe that the church should be a unified body, right, Trent? Absolutely. And, you know, it's the Bible says that that other people will know that we belong to Jesus by the way that we love each other. And our words are a big part of that love um, and the way that we protect people that need to be protected shows love. The way that we don't say the things that maybe we'd like to say shows love. And uh, so we want to make sure that other people outside of our churches get to know 
um, God, because of the love that we have for each other inside the church. And, uh, so, um, again, one of the verses that um, is on our note here, James 3, 5, says, The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. And so we want you to not have a life that's set on fire. We'd like for you to have a peaceful life. And one of the best ways you can do that is to bite your tongue when you need to and to protect the lives of others. Yeah, one of the one of the most important enduring qualities of a pastor is learning to use their words, learning to to control their tongue and speaking at the right time and speaking into the right situation. And it's a skill. You do not learn this overnight. It takes time, it takes work, it takes continual effort. And Trent and I are both still growing in our ability to to uh pick and choose uh, the right times to speak, but learn about yourself. Learn what causes you to start fires because we've all, we've all done it and we don't want to be guilty of it again. So continue to learn, continue to grow. Be aware of these six times that you need to hold your tongue. Be aware of the times that we need to speak out and use our tongues. There are, th there are some things in our society that need to burn. And the right fire can be a, a controlled fire can be a good fire. And so we do want to remember that as well. So there are certainly times to speak out as well. But we do hope that today will help you and minister to you and speak to your heart. And please share this. Uh, please share this with other pastors. It's so important, um, again, to use our words properly. So, Trent, we can help in some other ways. How else can we help a pastor? Yeah, um, well, the, our podcast today is is kind of an example of sometimes we're a hot mess, right? <laughs> the, my computer issues at the beginning and all that, all the noise in the background, you can tell we're kind of a hot mess and, and that's just life. And maybe, maybe you're dealing with that stuff and you feel like your ministry is a hot mess. Um, well, we want to invite you to contact us and let us be a listening ear and an encouragement to you. Um, somebody who's been there, done that. <laughs> Alan and I have been there, done that on lots and lots and lots and lots of occasions. Um, but yeah, you can contact us uh, by emailing us, alan at enduringchurches.consulting and trent at enduringchurches.consulting. Um, we'd love to get to visit with you some more. Um, you can also find us on our Facebook page or um, our website, which is enduringchurches.com. And uh, we want to be able to have more than just this conversation with you. And we'd like to be able to be a support and encouragement to you, Alan. That's right. That's what we're here for. We want, we want to encourage, equip, help you in any way we can. And we would love to talk with you and just have an opportunity to get to know you and, and know what God's doing in your life and in your heart. Please share some comments. Um, help us pick up some things that we probably missed today. We're not perfect in this. Um, we're growing as well. So we'd love to hear, hear your thoughts. So thanks for tuning in. And we're excited um, to share with you some new things uh, next week. So check back in to the Enduring Churches podcast.